is like just the ugly side of the sport. Have you been paying attention to what's going on? Oh, yes. Inside and outside. What's that? The inside and outside perspective. I've seen a little bit and a lot of it. Uh, it's let me tell let me tell you a little something about about uh what my perspective from this is. He came on the podcast, and I don't want to spend too much time on this, but he came on the podcast last year. Like right when I started, um he was super super gracious with his time like he just came out of like a winter or a uh, summer practice he did not have to come on and i just thought it would be fun to have him on because you know he's a five-star guy he's a notable guy in the state it would be nice to have him on to see kind of like just what's going on learn more about him he just really started getting good at football like his freshman year of high school. Like he started football pretty late. So he didn't even really know like what's what to expect. And then all of a sudden he starts getting all these offers. He starts he becomes a five-star kid. And yeah. He now he's the talk of the, the country because he's the number one tackle. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, he's one of the nicest kids that I've ever met. Now, a lot of these kids that come on, a lot of the Matt Campbell guys are incredibly nice. But knowing some guys that I knew back in the Rhodes days, I know that not every college athlete is a nice dude that will give you the shirt off their back. But Caden Proctor is a super nice dude. And when I went to the, the state championship to watch Abu, obviously Caden was there because they're on the same team. And Caden is in like the the warm up lines, like high five and everyone. He's in the middle of the group, like telling everybody, "Let's go!" Pumping everybody up, mixing in with all the guys, like from the starters to the scout team, really including everybody. I'm like, that's what I was impressed with at the like warming up. I was like, this is a kid who's gonna lead everyone. He doesn't have to. He's a five star kid. He doesn't have to lead everyone. Like, he could just be doing his own thing. He could totally be off doing his own thing, going, I'm a five-star, I'm better than everybody, but I'm just going to I'm gonna win this for my team. This is about me, me, me. And he didn't do that. He was all mixed in with all the guys. You wouldn't know. Well, I mean, well, you would know if you're a football person. You would know, obviously, that he's special. But you wouldn't know that he was any other. If you were just kind of like my grandma who doesn't, can't, can't match like measure talent in a warm-up line she would just be oh he's one of the guys and that's kind of the whole tragedy about this whole thing about seeing all these people just ripping on him for wanting to go to alabama you know the best coach in the country the best coach ever in the sport a guy who guarantees you that he's gonna bring you a national title and not wanting to go play for one of the the laughing stock of the country on a coach who's not going to change and all their wide receivers of exodus at wide receiver i mean read the room people he's one of the nicest kids he's a he's a great steward for the state of iowa and it's despicable seeing all these people rip on him i'm sick of it dude so there's my kind of <laughs> my thoughts on this because i i hate that fans now are like 
getting so invested and like so vocal about this online. That's 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 the the good and the bad of what this whole NIL and bringing the fans mm-hmm. further in on oh, uh, the recruiting trail will do. I mean, I think the way the way I see it is that you have a five star kid and he's mm-hmm. a big boy and he's if he's a nice kid, he's salty to the earth. I mean, he's Iowa bred. And if he's I don't know, if he's getting all these offers and all these mm-hmm. opportunities to go and pursue a lifestyle that what like less than one percent have, like they should support him rather than kind of being like grilling up in his like information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we kind of felt that different sport, but we kind of felt that same deal with Harrison Barnes when he ended up going oh. to North Carolina and following. Marika doesn't. Marika doesn't know about that. Huh. Do you know about Harrison Barnes, Marika? I do not. Okay. Do you well, know who was, that is? He, he he was a hell of a talent from Ames. He was the number one basketball player in the country, and he played at Ames High School with Doug McDermott. The Doug McDermott, who's now on whatever NBA team, he, he went to the Bulls in the first round. Same high school team. They were like the best team in the country. Yeah. And it, Kevin can tell the story better because I wasn't a fan. Well, I didn't, I didn't really want to dive into all Let's this. dive into it. Yeah, but kind of a similar aspect as the, this. Yeah, he, he wasn't committed. He wasn't yeah. committed. Um, the, the What made it tough was – you damn near assumed that he was going to be committing to Iowa State, and then he invited the Ames community to come celebrate his announcement in a in the high school gym. And so us and the Iowa State marching band came, and then he uh, did a video call with Roy Williams after he put his North Carolina hat on. And uh, that was uh, – but <laughs> that that's that's the difference between – what North Carolina basketball with Michael Jordan meeting you on a run on a runway is versus what Ames, Iowa can do for mm-hmm. in the mid two thousands basketball when we right. were in a rough spot, same way, like you're talking about Iowa football with a floundering offense. Um, even if it had a history of offensive line production it, in Nick Saban's Alabama when they come calling with or without NIL. That's an uphill climb. It's fucking Alabama. It's fucking Alabama. That's an uphill climb. If you have an opportunity like that, it would be kind of stupid if you didn't take it personally. Like Iowa State is great. I love Iowa State. But if you're going to have an opportunity to go to Alabama, one of these big schools, SEC, it's a dream. Like it's great that he's going to, if he potentially goes there and he announces that Wednesday, but the kids got to do what's best for him rather than amusing what's best for other people. It's it's a similar scenario, apples and oranges, but we're still in the produce section with what Jason Hammond ended up doing. He he wanted to go to Virginia more than Iowa State. Yeah, would have been, I would have loved totally him at Iowa State. It's totally fine. And guess what? If he wants to transfer in two years, and we think that he's worth it, we'll go after him then, and he'll maybe he'll come back. Who yeah, knows? He, it's he seemed like an him. awesome character guy too. Yeah. I mean, it's going to happen. Half these guys are going to transfer now, and they're going to go back to the coaches that they actually liked and go, hey, they offered, they offered me something that they couldn't give me. Can I come back here? And we'll say, sure, if you're good enough. It's like, but the thing with Alabama, it's like, okay, pretend you're a you're run-of-the-mill IT guy. and well, Or you're really, you're really good at IT. 
but you're working for like your local hospital because it's local and your mother worked there, but you're really smart, but you just want to work close to home because you like your mother. And then all of a sudden Google comes around and goes, Hey, here's a job. We think you're awesome. We're going to give you a really good job. And you know what? You could even be the, the VP of a division someday. We think you're that good. Are you going to stay at that damn hospital? <laughs> no. You want to know why? Because you're limited at that hospital. Because your quarterback probably is going to suck. You're not going to run a good offense. The guys next to you aren't very good. And they're not committed to winning anymore. I think that, well, they don't have the guy who ran the damn program. Let's be real here. What hospital Chris- do you go to that has a football team? but you know what i'm saying like chris chris doyle ran that damn team yes yes he's the head of he was the heartbeat of that team he made those lines now the defensive line is still pretty good but that offensive line is garbage but man i it's 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 it, it just grinds my gears. It grinds my gears. I think that we've kind of talked about this enough. So that's it's, that, that's that's the hard part about re- recruiting the good, the bad, and the ugly of recruiting, and especially with all that. Now that transferring is more open and accepted, you're going to see this more often. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, and especially with signing day to seek, I think we have some pretty good commits. There's yes. that Jake Cole out of Ankeny, which I think he's he wants to stay home. My guy, yes, yes. He so let's let's transition to we can train. I'm so I'm going to do a big like signing day special this week and this weekend. That'll probably be up for everybody on Christmas. I'll I'll break it up into offense and defense, but we can talk about that. Um, we can talk about that a little bit, but I kind of want to talk about like the really important stuff right now, which is all these coaches, coaching changes and kind of what get your guys' take. But one thing that I've noticed is with, with coaching changes, you can kind of assume that you're going to start losing recruits. We really haven't lost recruits. I mean, we lost Jason Hammond, but his coach didn't go anywhere and he loved coach receipt. I, I, I'm pretty perplexed as to why we haven't lost very many guys. But I guess let me ask you, Kevin, what do you think of the coaching changes? Well, what, what do you think about some of this stuff? I guess I'm curious. We still haven't made an announcement on offensive line. We have not. And we still haven't made an announcement on our strength and conditioning. That's coming. It's going to be the Boise State guy. Okay, that's what I. That's what I. Matt, heard, Matt I guy, the, the guy who was under Rudy Wade. Reed Cagey is going, to, is going to be that guy. Yeah, Reed Cagey or whatever. Apparently, everybody loves him. But that's what yeah, I've heard. This, like I've heard really, really good things about this guy, and obviously, like he was with Iowa State prior to Boise State. But I think he'll make. Yeah. Great um, relationships with these guys. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so I, it's not. I have mixed feelings about 
about our staying in house with our offensive coordinator. I, I think it'll come good. Like you got to understand your place in the hierarchy of the coaching carousel and how much money we're throwing at coordinators and how much money we're throwing at position coaches. And we can't just cherry pick guys like some fans want to think we can do. And so we've got an up and comer and he's a hell of a recruiter. So why not take a flyer on him rather than get some who knows unknown, you know, and staying in house helps keep that recruiting class intact. I would think more so than completely opening yeah. the mess that a new outside coordinator with his own thoughts and staff that he's used to working with could bring. Oh, oh. see, that's, that's kind of the, the, the thing that you have to weigh. Like, first of all, Tom Manning, I'm sure you're a nice guy. Your mm-hmm. family guy. I'm not judging it's, his personality or anything. Uh, it, it's time to go, dude. Yeah. It's time to go. That was pathetic. Get lost. I'm. I, I was. I'm being very truthful here. Mm-hmm. And he 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 put up some good numbers here. We ran some pretty good offenses in the past here. This year was despicable. This year was unacceptable. If he would have stayed, it would have made me. It would. I would have watched Iowa State football, but I wouldn't have watched it with the passion that I usually have because I would have gone into every game going, we're not going to fucking do anything on offense. And you don't want that being a fan. You want to at least no. have hope. You want some some type of hope. Where you're like, hey, maybe we're going to win. Maybe there's going to be an upset, something like that. And mm-hmm. it's unfortunate because Manning was with them for, what, six, seven seasons, and they were doing pretty well in I mean- 20- 20 and 21, but what damn the it, heck happened this damn it, your family are Chiefs or not Chiefs, Browns fans. Oh, well, we don't talk about them. I love the Browns, you know, grow up a diehard. Exactly, but, but you go into every game knowing like, how we, we know, fuck this we up. know the Browns don't have much to bring to the table, even no. if they bring in new quarterbacks, if they bring in new the ends, whatever, but we know it's the Browns. But you if know. you have the Iowa State the and Browns. you guys were good in 20 and 21, what the hell happened in 22? I mean, you have the defense being ranked number one total defense and number two scoring defense, but I feel like that was an entire waste of the defense this past <laughs> year because these guys worked their tails off, especially with them losing Mike Rose and all yeah, these other upper guys. Exactly. But yep. what happened to the offense is you need both sides working. If you don't, well, it's going to happen exactly. You're going to finish last place in the Big 12. So I, it's it's kind of it's crazy just the yeah. way that works. I don't know. Okay, I Listen. I'm a modest person. It's about to be freaking. <laughs> it's about to be freaking cold this week. It's about to be super cold. But guess what? I ain't leaving. This is where I live. I live in Iowa. Right. Give me a seven <laughs> and five season. I'm okay. Do I want more eventually? Sometime? Absolutely. You give me a seven and five season, I'm happy. You give me a bowl game, something to look forward to, and go, hey, we could build on this. Then I'm a happy boy. Four and eight with a blowout at the end of the season and just a pathetic offense. Yeah, we had some injuries, like one or two, I guess, um, to Cartavius, a true freshman running back. But that was unacceptable. So it it needed to happen. (laughs) It needed to happen. 
Jeff Myers needed to happen. Yep. I that, that, that was that was the <laughs> Jeff Myers absolutely needed to go. He's had yeah. what, six years with, with with the staff, and, and I don't want to I don't want to shit on any of these dudes. But no, you ever and, go on a date? You ever go on a date? And but for me and Kevin, it hasn't it's been a while. But you ever go on a date with a uh like a blind date or somebody that you kind of met maybe on like Bumble or Tinder or whatever, and you you kind of know them a little bit. You're not good friends. You like really never met them in person before, but you go on a date and you're like talking to them. And then all of a sudden you're like, I can understand why somebody would marry this person, but I would never fucking marry this person. You ever go on a date like that? I don't know. Kevin. I'll, I'll, I'll say <laughs> sure, but am I the only person that goes on dates? Uh, Allison and I started dating in high school. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Wow. <laughs> That's right. Well, yeah. We get your analogy. Yeah. <laughs> but, but so what? What I, I guess what I'm I guess what I'm getting at is I'm trying to I'm trying to be cautiously optimistic with improvement for the team because the glaring weakness. I'm sure there were others. The glaring weakness was our offensive line, and assuming we need more than just. A, a change in position coach to get these guys in the right position. That's an area that just takes development that can't happen overnight. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, next year, seven, I, I never thought there'd be a time where I'd laugh and roll my eyes when somebody says they'd be happy with us finishing seven and five. But that 2020 season gave me a taste. <laughs> and, and oh yeah, seven and five is like great. So we're gonna go to the Liberty Bowl again. That's fun. See, I'm, next year. That's a good expectation. Now, if we're coming back in five years and going, oh, we're gonna hope for seven and five, then we got to reevaluate. But can we the, pull a TCU transformation yeah. on that offensive line? It, and here's what I with that you. defense. With that defense, dude, you can't say seven and five. Mm, I don't like that. Brand new no, offensive coordinator. Um, Schiel, Schiel, I don't know how to pronounce it. Schiel Schielhouse? Schielhouse. Yes. Schielhouse. Yep. Well, obviously, he's being promoted, and obviously, he's worked. I think he's worked pretty well with like Brees Hall and Xavier mm -hmm. Hutchinson. And yeah. I think he yeah. already has a great rapport with the boys on the team. So I think it's going to be at least better because he knows most of them. But it'll be interesting to see who they bring in for the other coaches, which I think they'll probably announce after winter break. Mm -hmm. It's just my guess, but yeah, it's just going to be interesting because you need all sides to work. Yes, it can be the coaches, but what about the boys on the team? Like, do they get along? Uh, how is like the transfer portal like affecting that and all that? That's kind of maybe is that a, an aspect too? Would you think winning four games a season makes it tough? It does. I would think yeah. you get along yeah. a lot better when you win. Yeah, I st I still think that Matt Campbell's name carries weight. We have a lot of guys on staff who are really good recruiters. So we can bring in some guys uh, in the transfer portal who are ready to play. That Ar Ar Arlen Harris guy that we brought in, that running back, really yeah. solid player. Really solid player. We needed another running back, mm -hmm. and we got one. Uh, there was many times, and going back to your point, Kevin, and sorry that my voice is kind of going. I'm still a little sick. But going back to your point about the offensive line and how terrible it was, 
you know how many times I saw one of our running backs just like run away from the hole? Sure. And I'm just like, what? And maybe they're getting gun shy because that whole club. I think, is they, so it, fast. I think well, it's 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 kind of going back to like Marika, you brought up 2020 and 2021. And we won nine games in 2020. We won yep. seven games in 2021. Yep. And we have Brock Purdy, the starting quarterback for the 49ers. Oh, and Brees geez. Hall, who was on pace to be the best running back in the league. No, he was on pace to be rookie of the year. And best and, running back in the and league. So too, yeah. we, we, we finished seven and six with those guys as as uh four what four year starters, five year starters? Oh, you, 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 you're forgetting about Xavier Hutchinson. You're forgetting about yeah, Charlie Toller. Yeah. Oh, I can go down a couple more guys, but <laughs> but and so they were all doing that in spite of, I believe, an offensive line. There wasn't faith in it in that group in that group and in, in yeah. the positions they were being told to be pushing into, and yeah. I. There, there has to be talent in that group of guys because they were recruited by other programs. I think they were just not – I'm not an expert on the offensive line, obviously, among other things. So I'm hoping that just a, an offseason of coaching up whoever – that's the position, Coach, that I'm more excited about than about anything else right now. Let me, let me ask you. If we go out – and from what I've heard, this is a possibility. If we go out – and we hire the UNI offensive line coach. Would that tickle your fancy? Well, they push us around. <laughs> I mean, this is a dude who goes out and basically finds, Same exactly Iowa, finds Iowa guys that we passed up and Iowa passed up. So I'm not just going to put this on us. Yeah, Iowa passes up on them. Nebraska passes up on them. Minnesota, blah, 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 blah. They all pass up on these Iowa kids, and then they go to UNI and become first-round talents. I mean, they've had two first-round offensive linemen in the past four years. Yeah, no, and 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 not to sound condescending or anything, but you would have to believe he'd be willing to punch a little higher up the talent pool, knowing that he's recruiting people yeah. to a Power Five program. Yeah, I mean, you're not you're not trying to make that come play FCS football at the Unidome. Yep. I mean, how how much higher can you punch the first round guys? <laughs> but I get what you're saying. Yeah. I'm like, just, I, yeah. I mean, the argument would be, I'll make you a first rounder, but you want to play in a full house in yep. real football on prime mm-hmm. time. Absolutely. I mean, we were all there for the first game of 2021. Ugh. I <laughs> I hate I hate that matchup, dude. That was but here here's the thing. Like I'm standing in the stadium, I'm standing next to you, and I'm watching us not being able to move the line on either side of the ball. Not being able to win the trenches. I'm like, oh boy, it's gonna be a long day. And uh yeah, it was a long day. We won, but it was ugly. So <laughs> Yeah, that, that's that's the coach that I'm excited to hear about. Yeah, I'm excited, and I hope it's the UNI guy. But the, 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 kind of about Nate Shieldhouse, going circling back to him. Yeah, yeah, do it. I've seen a lot of people give that take that you had that, like, 
do we really want to hire internally? And I've thought the same thing. I, I really, I'm kind of, I, I kind of lean towards, hey, if you can go out and find somebody who's really good, go out and find the best guy for the job. But in this case, in this case, mm-hmm. I believe that the best guy for the job who has the best fit and the best guy that is available for us to get is Nate Shieldhouse. Because we could either go, hey, we have this really talented guy on staff. And if we don't promote him, he's going to leave. Mm-hmm. He's going to leave and go be somewhere else. So we'll have to replace him again. And he's going to be an offensive coordinator someday. Let's just give him the reins for next year. You can do that. And I think that Nate Shieldhouse is very good. I wouldn't do that with everybody. Most people I wouldn't do that with. If you can look at a guy and go, yeah, this guy's going to be an offensive coordinator. This guy could even be a head coach someday. You want to elevate that guy as quickly as you can because you want him to stay on your staff for as long as you can keep him. Or what you can do is you can go out and you can go find a guy from a limited pool. Remember, we're not Alabama. Mm -hmm. We're Iowa State. Our pool is a little bit more limited because we even have to compete with the NFL as well. We could go out and hire a guy like Mark Mangino, (laughs) a guy who, you know, we think, oh, he had success once, (laughs) like a decade ago. At the buffet table. No, he has success every night at the buffet table. Trust me. But um, we go out and hire a guy like that and totally suck, and he ruins your program. Like, he is the reason why Paul Rhodes failed. He is the he is probably the number one reason why Paul Rhodes failed because he ruined that staff. He ruined that staff. He ruined that locker room. He ruined everything. I I don't think I don't think that's Mangino's fault. I think that was Rhodes's fault for bringing a head coach in to be a uh, coordinator. Oh yeah, no, it is. But that's neither here nor there. (laughs) But what I'm saying, what I'm saying is, if you're going to go out and find a guy, yep. He has to be a home run, especially if you have Nate Shieldhouse on staff. Sure. So. I, I hear that now. Because, yeah. How about uh, how about quarterbacks, Coach? Have you heard anything on that? Not heard anything on that. I'm – I. Wasn't it kind of rumblings between <laughs> do, do we hire – or do we promote from within between Kempton Waters – yeah, I think Waters might be the running back coach. Okay, well that would make sense too. <clears throat> I mean, I don't know if we would elevate. I don't know if we would elevate Kemp. I think that would be a great that would be a great position for him because he talk about a guy with no talent. He's a perfect coach because he has no talent, but he beat number three Oklahoma in his first start in college. Yeah, because he knew what the hell he was supposed to be doing. He knew what he was supposed to be doing. Drive that ship. Yep. I would love to see him do that. Is he ready? I have no clue. But yeah, I I I haven't heard anything about QB coach. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of people no that thought that there's a lot of people that thought Joel Gordon got let go, but no, he 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 left to go be with Alex Golish. Sure. So that's all right. Yeah. What are you guys? Uh, what are you guys' thoughts on the you know the 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 never ending debate of the season? 
Do we make room for a special teams coordinator? I'll uh, I'll open with my thoughts, and that is, I don't think you should need a special teams coordinator if you've got an analyst. The head coach should be able to sort out the situational plays if we need to start getting gimmicky. But I didn't know if you guys thought otherwise. I don't really think there's a need for one. Yeah. I think it kind I mean, of be. It's kind of like more commotion on the staff and more commotion as the telling who this, who there, like all that kind of commotion mm-hmm. rather than I, like you said, I think the head coach can kind of do that with the analysts if there's one, but. Yeah. Like do, do you, do these fans honestly think that if a uh, kicker's got the yips that a coordinator being on the field is going to change that? You know? I think it's more commotion than it's, there's, it's yeah. not neat. You know what we? You know what we need to do. This is what I would do. Okay. I would have an analyst. <laughs> I would find a good one though, because this year was fucking pathetic. Well, it was rough. Yeah, I would find a good analyst, really good one. And maybe we do have a good one, and it just was weird and whatnot. But <laughs> I would hire a good GA, a specialist GA. Oh yeah, that's smart. Hire a specialist GA, somebody, some guy who's done it before. Shit, go out and get Andrew Mebus. Hire uh, a well, specialist. Well, Rolling has been on the team this past. Or season. that, yeah, but I'm I'm kind of looking for one that's maybe a kicker. Mm, um, okay. So that because the GAs, they can go on the sidelines during the game, right? And that guy could go up to that guy when he's ready to kick and go, "Hey, dude, listen." I've been in your spot before. Relax. It's going to be all right. I know you got 80,000 people calling you a fucking dumbass. But this is what you got to do. You got to clear your mind. It's just practice. It's just like we do it in practice. That's what you need a guy to do. You need a guy that to is- go up to him and be like, calm down. Because, like, how many times? I, I mean, you know that that kicker, either one of the guys, Mm. are trotting out on the field going, all these people fucking hate me. <laughs> yeah, but if he they're makes that stupid. next one. They're not stupid. <laughs> like, they're, they're just like, I got to make this one or everybody is going to hate me and they're going to boo me and it's going to be awful. I mean, this, this is an 18-year-old kid. You got to think about how an 18 to 22-year-old kid thinks. It's yeah. like, oh, everybody's going to hate me if I fuck this up. But how many kicks did a Sally miss? And then you remember him nailing that game winner against Texas, and it was just hmm. – Because he, he had repetition. He had repetition, 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 where he could he could get into the, his groove and learn kind of how to do it. But, I mean, some kickers fold. Sure. A Sally I, at the end of his career was really good. I he thought was. I was pretty happy with him. But like some kickers, if they did what a Sally did, they would fold. They totally fold. It's a total head case. Because you're like, I can't, I'm stuck at this. I can't do this ever again. Oh yeah. No, I've had those rounds of golf where everything just goes to shit. Oh, it's yeah. You just like just yeah, throw your the, bag in the pond. Yep, drive the golf cooler cart. and just ride in the golf cart. Yeah, jeez. <laughs> That's why I don't care. 
that's why you got to bring beer with you. You got to bring beer, a golf cart, all that. So you, you, if you're if you're gonna walk, yeah. think about but, what um, you've done. Uh, think about what you've done. Good lord, okay. <laughs> a day, a day at the beach. Oh, great. So, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so damn it, what were we talking? Oh, kickers, freaking kickers. Um, that's what I would do. I would have a really solid GA, higher one. You can get them. They're $30,000 a year. And have them stand on the sidelines and be like, look, dude, clear your mind. It's going to be all right. The past ones didn't happen. Be a kicker with a short memory. This, you, the, the one that you have to focus on is your next one. You got to make the next one. And it's just you with that goalpost. Just kick it through. Brit, sweep your leg right so that you go in. That's what you need to do. You need you need a GA who talks to a guy like that. Because all that kid can think about is he's replaying in his mind every time that he's missed the kick and how this game is coming down to him. And, oh, my gosh, all 61-5 are going to hate me if I miss this thing. I'm going to ruin the game. going to ruin the season. You need, a, you need a GA who can kind of get in his brain and go, listen, dude, it's just you and the goalpost. So, I don't know. Are there any other any other coaching staff changes, possibilities that you guys have thinking of? I really, what I really want to see from Reed KG is, can we focus on speed? Yeah, please. Why are we bulking up these dudes? And that's probably why we we got rid of Dave Andrews. But these dudes don't need to be bulked up. Look at the damn NFL right now. I think we were trying to be, you know, that that Midwestern meat that was going to muscle everybody out, and it just didn't quite – it didn't work. Oh, really? Okay. Because nobody else is doing that right now. Well, what, what other justification could there have been? I mean, yeah, I, I, I agree. That's what we were trying to do, become WWE wrestlers and yep. slam people in the, in the, into the ground. But every other team is playing fast. Mm -hmm. And the the hardest thing to defend is speed. You can't teach it. So why are we bulking everybody up to 160 pounds at linebacker when they can't move then? Look at all the linemen in the NFL. They're all skinny. They're all lean. So like last year when I saw they were bulking all these linemen up to 330 pounds. I was like, what the hell are we doing? Same thing with the same thing with the tight ends. We're bringing in some great tight ends. You'll, you'll hear when I talk about it on the podcast in a couple of days about this Ben Bramer guy. Whoo! Hmm. He's really damn good. I'll talk about it in a little bit, but him, Andrew Keller, Tyler Moore, all these guys are super lean. Super lean tight ends. And look at the NFL. You have George Kittle, he's lean. Travis Kelsey, he's lean. Kyle Pitts, he's lean. I'm sure there's a lot of other guys. Darren Waller, he's lean. Well, he's a freak. But you have a bunch of other you have a bunch of other guys who are super lean. They're not big. They're not Mike Dicka. They're they're just another weapon in the passing game. Just a really big dude that has to be covered by linebackers and safeties. Because the corners can't tackle them. And 
we were going the other direction. Maybe we were trying to zag when other people were zigging, but it wasn't working. Sure. So I kind of want to see what Reed KG can do if he can utilize the our speed because God damn it. If if our wide receivers can't get open again next year, I'm gonna lose my shit. <laughs> Maybe that's the damn shallow crossers. I don't know. That's my rant about spe- uh, uh, strength and conditioning. So, anyway. So there's our coaching. There's our coaching. I, did you want to dabble in any of the commits, or if, um, if you've been hearing any rumors about potential late swaps in or out? So there is a potential late swap in Betty and Goy. Yeah, um, he's he's a kid from Lincoln. He's looking at Nebraska. They want him on the defensive side of the ball. So he's a wide receiver for us. Right. So it's it's really what he wants to do. If he wants to stay home and play on the defense. And what side of the ball does he want to be on? It, I, he wants to be on the offensive side. Okay. But we'll see. We'll see. So he wants to play at Nebraska as receiver is really what it comes down to. Yeah. If they would have offered him receiver, he'd probably be there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. With Matt Rule, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think we can talk about one more thing, and then I'll let you guys go. Brock Purdy, have you guys watched any of the games? Because I haven't. <laughs> yeah, th- those are the only games of NFL I've watched probably in like two seasons. Really? You haven't watched the Vikings at all? No, I'm actually trying something this year. What? Um, just to make sure I'm not the jinx. And so I haven't checked scores. I haven't looked at the game, nothing. <laughs> and if they win the Super Bowl, I'll never watch them again. Oh, my goodness. Because that's how I'm going. Well, the one Browns game I went to were around Thanksgiving, they won in overtime. So well, I feel like I could be a good luck charm in some aspects. Well, but... so yeah, so you should come to more games. That's your problem. What I, <laughs> where I'm at is so I'm an Iowa State fan first, and I usually jump on the Vikings bandwagon right sure. around bowl season. Of course. Sure. And it seems like they always just fuck it up right when playoff time comes. <laughs> and that's when I'm starting to watch. And so then I started thinking, I might have a hand in this. And so let's play it out. And so this year, I, I'm not going to watch a single snap. So you think. What's that, Marika? It's a good um, theory to test out. I would do something like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm like, already I'm already this far in. I might as well keep it going. So you think that like watching the 49ers, especially Tom Brady and like yeah. Tom Brady and Brock Purdy, that game was intense. And <laughs> he could everything do no else, wrong. Well, it goes. I personally think it's like crazy how he goes from Mister Relevant now he's relevant in a way. I uh, see. I haven't watched a minute of Brock Purdy. How? I've been in Europe. Oh, that is true. But I was I, I mean, was on the plane. I was on the plane when he's playing against right. the Buccaneers. And I'm <laughs> like, I have no idea what's going on. I have no idea. And so I just am like, fuck it, I'll just buy the Wi-Fi. Because I nor- I'm, that bit. What's that? 
I would have been chopping at the bit if I were you because I was, oh, that was a crazy yeah. game. I was just I, I was like fuck it, I'll buy the Wi-Fi, whatever. Because I don't I'm cheap and I don't like buying that stuff. I might as well just sleep and watch a little movie that they have or whatever. So I'm like, fuck it, I'll just buy the internet. And I didn't I didn't put the game on because for some reason it wasn't working. <laughs> but I just started texting people and it wasn't score. And they're like, dude. Brock Purdy's killing the Bucks. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, it's twenty. My yeah. friends are like, yeah, it's twenty-one nothing. I'm like, oh my god, it's Brock Purdy. <laughs> I was like, holy right. shit. So I'm like going, I'm like shaking in my seat, and everybody's like kind of looking at me like, what the hell? It's like it's late at night. We're all flying in this plane, whatnot. I'm like, oh my gosh. It's Brock Purdy. Come on, Brock Purdy. And then somebody texted me like, "Holy, oh, threw another touchdown." I was like, "Oh my gosh, yes!" Yeah, no, I think it's pretty crazy because, like, he, like, obviously Brock Purdy. You know, you come in as Mister Relevant, and you're you're stuck as practice squad, then fit three man, and up player, and that. But I, I mean, he's a product of getting an opportunity from an injured teammate two times mm-hmm. two. Um. I think he played pretty well, like, pretty impressive play as a 22-year-old against a man that's been playing for, what, 23 season is a first-time, yep. first-career start ever to be Tom Brady. Are you kidding? That's mm-hmm. that's a that's a huge, huge commitment it is. to have. It is. Even if, even if Tom Brady is kind of a shell of himself, it is still a huge thing to beat a veteran like that, the best ever. And I, the thing that I enjoyed the most was – when I was over in Europe, I would just like put on like all my little podcasts of people like talking about the NFL. The first thing that they let off with was Brock Purdy and they're talking about how good he is and whatnot. And I'm just, it kind of made me smile. I was like, Oh, it's my, it's my quarterback, my quarterback in the NFL. And yes, really like, so I've kind of hopped around from my fandom uh, for the NFL. I started out as a Chicago Bears fan because I'm from Chicago. And then I, when I was in college, I was like, they they drafted a guy named Shea McClellan. Now, neither of you know who that is, but they drafted a guy named Shea McClellan who was a defensive end from Boise State when they desperately needed offensive line. And I, I just, I was watching, I think it was like the 19th pick of the draft. And they're like, the Bears select Shea McClellan, Boston, or, or Boise State. And I just was like, fuck this. I'm not being a Bears fan. <laughs> I'm sitting with a bunch of Bears fans. Like, fuck this. And they thought I was joking. And then I walked up to my buddy, my buddy Isaac. I was like, Isaac, what team should I root for? He's like, well, I root for the Chiefs. I was like, fuck it. I'm a Chiefs fan now. And so then I rooted for the Chiefs. And then they got really good. And I was like, okay, cool. Maybe I'll just stay a Chiefs fan now. And then but now that Brock Purdy's doing well, and I really don't have an attachment to the Chiefs other than they're that they're close and my buddy Isaac rooted for them. I'm kind of like wanting to be a 49er fan, especially if Brock Purdy's gonna stay on the team. Oh yeah. He, I've like, been giggling like a schoolgirl watching him. It's great. <laughs> He's just running around, even when he throws a pick, there's a penalty. <laughs> it's great. I mean, he's on the he's on a great team with a great head coach, and he's got a semblance of a line. He's got good wide receivers, damn good running back. 
really good tight end. He's like he's in college. I wonder if uh, if that's help going to be a help at all in recruiting to Iowa oh, State absolutely. because there's been, there was all kinds of little nuggets that uh, last Thursday's broadcast with Herb Street being one of the uh, well, he was the color guy just tossing stuff in about his connection with Iowa State and Matt Campbell as a coach and blah 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 blah. blah. Like just little subtle things that could only do you good. Well, here's here's the thing. Here's what you say. You go, hey, listen. You see that guy on TV slinging it around? We taught him how to do that. Yeah, they took him late, but that's because our name, our name kind of carries weight in the NFL as being a team that you don't draft from. But look at Brock Purdy. Look at Brees Hall. Eventually, Charlie Kohler, Alan Lazard, David Montgomery. We're changing the narrative here. And we're doing that because we're teaching these guys how to be good football players and how to win and eventually to be really good NFL players. You can come here and do that or you can go to your other school and they'll tell you about their name and their tradition and other stuff, but they have no promise and they have no guarantee for you to get in the NFL. And no, no way for you to succeed once you're there. I mean, most of our guys who go to the NFL do pretty well. The guys who get there. I mean, really, the only guy that really didn't is Hakeem Butler, but he wasn't ready to go. No, that was a – I wish he could have a redo on that. Come back for one more year. Come back for one more year. Don't have the drops. Mm-hmm. And really, really show up. Because he only had one good year. Yeah. I mean, that, that's as an Iowa State fan who just wants the guys to do well, I selfishly want all of them to, to maximize all of their years at Iowa State. Yes. But but there, I understand when I think that it's time for a guy. And that yeah. was one where I, I wish he would have hung around. Hopefully, MJ Anderson makes good on his decision. Yeah. I hope that he... I can kind of understand. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, he's a four. I think he's a four year. This is his fourth year already. So I get it. Yeah. If you have your degree and you're just like, I'm done with college, I get it. And, and, and there too, you got to think selfishly as the athlete. Yeah. He's going to be the guy that draws the double teams next season. And so is he going to get the numbers like he was getting here? If he would have stayed at Iowa State, yeah, and I don't know, yeah, who who knows there? So hopefully that works out for him. But yeah, that was one. Hakeem, man, he could catch anything in traffic. <laughs> oh man. Anyway, but yeah, it's really fun to watch Brock Purdy. Next year will be fun to watch Brees Hall. I think that David Montgomery is probably going to lead the Bears this offseason. Great. I'll be glad to watch him then. Yeah, wherever he goes. <laughs> he'll he'll find a team. He'll find a team. I think I think his deal is coming up, his rookie deal, and I'm guessing that they're going to try to they're going to try to find a new home for him or he might try free agency or whatever. Because they have some other running backs that they kind of play to. And I just think that he's in a shitty situation. I mean, the Bears suck. The Bears suck. Well, if if he and goes, they have a good quarterback, and they still suck. If he goes and joins Kane <coughs> in Minnesota, I, I'd love to not watch him after they win the Super Bowl this Ooh, year. Ooh, that would be that would be 
I don't know if he would go there. He I don't know. To, I haven't watched. He might go to the Chiefs, to be honest. That'd be great. Anyway, so <laughs> I thought Brees should have went to the Chiefs. He should have told everybody else, no, I don't want to go to your damn program. Yeah, not New Jersey. Yeah, the Jets. Goddamn Jets. Anyway, <laughs> all right. Anything else, guys? Anything no, else? This was cover? fun. It's been too long. It has. That's because I've been sick. Still sick. Oh, well. Anyway. All right, guys. Have a Merry Christmas. Happy Holidays. There we go. Merry and Christmas, Cyclones. We'll see you next week. See ya. Go Cyclones. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.